true and living God could make his strength perfect in our weakness. You think about that. Uh, sometimes I think I have to be strong uh, in order for me to be strong. No, the Bible says that I have to be weak in order to be strong. And I just serve the kind of God that can work in weakness. Uh, well, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I am not the senator that was supposed to be here tonight. Uh, we had a little bit of a glitch this morning to where I spoke with one person who had him here tonight, and I had someone else who had him here next Sunday night, and uh, I wasn't exactly sure until I walked out tonight. He's not here, is he? All right, just making sure. So evidently the person who had it wrote down for next Sunday night was right, and the person who had it written down for tonight, I leaned over to AJ a moment ago, I showed him a text, I said, okay, you see the text on my phone, that way you know it's not on me, but I told him I wasn't sure exactly if he was going to be here tonight or next Sunday, and I wanted to be sure when I came out, when I looked out to make sure that he was not here, but Lord willing, next Sunday night is the night. Now look, don't hold this against the guy, okay? I told Brother AJ, I said, somebody's not going to vote for that guy because he wasn't here tonight and he didn't stand us up, okay? It got mixed up in the paperwork between one of the liaisons there and uh, I wasn't exactly sure, but Lord willing, we'll have coffee with the candidate next Sunday night if you're here just for that. I know nobody's here just for that, uh, but if you were here just for that, I'll buy you coffee after the service. It makes you feel better, okay? Uh, John chapter 21, let's open up our Bibles tonight, John 21. I told Brother Breland this morning, I says, well, I, the person I talked to this morning says no next week, but I went back and checked my other text and it said tonight, and so I didn't know until I walked out, but Lord willing, all things work together for good, uh, God's timing, he'll make it right, and so next Sunday night, Lord willing, we've got that confirmed, I want you to be here for that, have an opportunity to uh, speak with him, he'll speak with us right before the preaching, and then right after the preaching, we'll go to the fellowship hall, have some coffee and some uh, finger foods and have you an opportunity to speak with him. Our goal is to challenge our people, that God's people would be more involved in our political process with our faith. Uh, I, I'm afraid we have bitten off on the false narrative and the, uh, the red herring, if you will, about separation of church and state. Uh, it was never intended that God's people stay out of politics. Uh, you look all over our, our uh, nation's capital on buildings there, you will see that God's presence and influence is all over not only our founding documents, but our buildings. Uh, God's people need to be involved in the political process, and we're going to speak about that a little bit next week, and I hope you'll be here for that. John chapter 21, if you're there, let's go ahead and stand and go right smack dab in the middle of it, if we could, to verse number 15. John 21, go down to verse number 15, a familiar passage, but definitely going to take an unfamiliar take on this uh, tonight. John 21, verse 15, so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him in the, the, the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? I think we'd all agree tonight. I'd be grieved as well. He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. Now, watch verse 20. 
Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Let's stop there and pray. Lord, I do thank you again, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, it's so good to be in your house again. Lord, I look forward to being in church. I look forward to hearing from you. Lord, I pray tonight that, Lord, for whatever reasons, Lord, you sent this message, for whatever needs are within our hearts, I pray that, Lord, we be open tonight to hearing from you and that we be open, Lord, to responding to you. Bless, I pray, the preaching. Give us liberty. Give us boldness. But, Lord, I pray that uh, you give us discernment as we seek to do your will in the message and bless the invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I think I've mentioned in passing to a few of you and then maybe in passing behind the, the pulpit from time to time. Uh, last several months, uh, probably about a year now, Leslie and I have been looking around uh, Dixie, around Hattiesburg, looking for a place to, to ultimately settle down and uh, buy a house or build a house. Uh, probably, I guess it was about 18 months ago, maybe two years ago, uh, we went to the bank, got pre-approved, got a good interest rate, I think 2.75%, and uh, just started looking, trying to find a house, place to settle down. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, the chaoticness of our economy erupted. And uh, we looked around, found a little piece of property here. I said, well, we need to go back to the bank, make sure everything is still good. And uh, they said, you're going to have to reapply and uh, get a new interest rate. And uh, I don't know if you've looked at interest rates lately, but uh, they have definitely been on the rise. Uh, our 2.75 interest rate has gone up over five points to almost 8% uh, on an interest rate to buy a house. Now stick with me. I'll explain where we're going with this here in just a moment. Uh, I didn't realize that I've never bought a house, never owned a home of my own. I didn't realize just how much interest rates would affect the decision-making process in buying a house, especially when you go from 2.75 to, you know, over, over 7.75 for interest rates today. And we suddenly found out that because of the interest rate, uh, that what we were looking for shrank. We suddenly looked at the interest rates and what we were going to be shopping for, we scaled back a little bit. And we decided, you know, well, since the interest rate is this, then we're going to have to make sure that our budget is less too. So budget is less, size of the house is going to be less. It has really affected how we've been shopping for a house. And, uh, you know, when you start putting Winnebago in on the search results for real estate, you know, you realize, man, those interest rates have gotten up there. Stick with me. It's amazing. I, I really didn't realize how much that would affect our behavior in the shopping market, in the real estate market. But sure enough, interest rates have drastically affected how we do, what we do, and how long we're committed to something on it because the interest rates are so high. And I could not help but think about that as I was preparing to preach this message tonight and don't always know exactly what the title is going to be. And even though we're not going to be talking about the housing market tonight, okay? He said, I came here to hear from a senator and we're talking about the housing market, okay? We're not going to do either tonight, okay? One to your disappointment, the other to your surprise. I want you to think about this thought of an interest rate, if you would, and how that interest rate is affecting my behavior and what I buy and how long I'm committed and what I'm willing to do and how much I'm willing to spend is directly tied to the rate of interest that is out there right now, which is astronomical. I believe it works the same way in the church tonight. I believe oftentimes we don't realize how much our behavior is affected by the interest rate. 
You say, well, how does 7.5% really work into the church? I'm not talking about a monetary interest rate. I'm talking about a spiritual interest rate tonight. Do you know what you do for God, how committed you are to God, what you're willing to give to God? Our behavior spiritually is directly tied to our interest rate. How interested you are in the things of God. As a matter of fact, uh, you watch me, I'll watch you. All right, now now don't do that because it would be creepy, but okay. If we watched each other for the course of maybe a month, if I watched you long enough, you watched me long enough, I could tell you what you're interested in and you could tell what I'm interested in. You'd follow me around and see which restaurants restaurants I eat at and uh, what kind of places that I shop at. And I, I know our young men are probably wondering where I get these fashionable duds. Follow me around every once in a while. You'll find out and you'll look just like me one day. They're scared to death. They don't want to do that at all. I watch your behavior. You watch my behavior. You know what we figure out? We figure out what we're interested in. We also figure out what we're not interested in. And I'm afraid tonight that we as God's people have a problem with our interest rates. We're not as interested in the things of God as we should be. Our heart and our affections and our love is not set upon things that would please God and have any eternal value. And tonight I honestly believe we need to get to the place where we reconsider our interest rate. All right? Not talking. You're like, man, what are you getting at? I'm talking about spiritual interest tonight. Have you taken some time to look at how your behavior is reflective upon how interested you are in the things of God? You know, we read in Scripture, it's amazing. You find people like Paul, uh, people like Joseph, and people like Stephen. I have zero doubt that Paul was interested in the things of God. I have zero doubt Stephen was, and zero doubt that Joseph was. Why? Because their behavior reflects their interest rate, just how interested they were in the things of God. But then you see people who are in and out, maybe the Demases of the Bible, who, who forsook Paul, having loved this present world. Why did he act that way? It was based on his interest. He forsook Paul and following in the will of God for his life because the Bible says he had loved this present world. You see, his interest rate changed. Instead of being interested in the things of God, he is suddenly interested in the things of the world. Now, folks, believe it or not, tonight, what we believe and what we're truly interested in is going to be reflected in our behavior. Do not fool yourself tonight. Abiding off on this idea that, you know what, you may not can see it and you may not be able to tell it, but I really love the Lord. No, sooner or later it's going to show up in your life. Why? Because that's what the fruit we talked about this morning is all about. Your life is going to bear the fruit of whatever tree you say you are. And sooner or later our behavior is going to be reflected, uh, is going to reflect our interest in what we're interested in. Now, John 21, interesting passage here. Uh, When you read this happening, I'll be honest with you, my skin crawls when I read this. Christ is literally schooling Peter in his interest. Now, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. If I'm Peter, my skin's crawling off my back. If I'm Peter, I'm probably wondering about these other guys too. As Christ says three times, lovest thou me, lovest thou me, lovest thou me. You know what he's asking him? He said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He's asking about his interest. How interested are you? You know, not long before this happened, this is post-resurrection, you know, Peter denied Christ three times. And now Christ is asking him three times, are you really interested? Are you really interested? Notice that his behavior would follow that. Watch this, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. He says your behavior is going to reflect your interest rate. 
And if you truly are invested and interested as you say you are, well, that's going to come out in the behavior of how you live your life. Now, I want you to understand this is a frightening thing. And you're thinking, well, I'm glad it wasn't me. But you know, one day this is going to be us. One day when we stand before God, our interest rate is going to be revealed. You say, well, I don't understand what you're saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, the Bible says our works will be tried by fire. Now, folks, can I tell you something? It's not just our works on that day. It's going to be our motive of why we did what we did. The true intentions of our heart. You know, you can do a lot of churchy stuff, but if your motive and your intention is not true and it's not pure, it's going to be burned up. If it was self-serving, it's all going to be burned up. You see, there's going to be a day when our interest rate is going to be evaluated by the Lord himself. He's not coming down here tonight and say, hey, lovest thou me, lovest thou me. No, it's going to be proven on that day. So tonight, I think it's very important that we take some time while we're still here to think about that interest rate and reconsider that. So tonight, here's the message, very simple, reconsidering your interest rate. How interested are you in the things of God? And tonight, I think we're going to see right here in chapter 21 how the Lord helped Peter is going to help us as well. Look down, if you will. Go back to verse 15. The Bible says, so when they had dined, Jesus said to who? Watch what it says. Jesus said to Simon Peter. He's speaking to him personally. Now, this is important tonight. Even though he is speaking to Peter and everybody else who's listening, it's going to benefit them. He is personally challenging Peter on his level of interest. This is important tonight, folks, because what Christ is showing us is that we should have a personal interest. He says, Peter, I'm interested in how interested you are. Peter, I want to know just how sold out and committed you are. Now, this is important tonight, folks. I can't imagine how Peter felt here. Jesus himself is challenging him. I'm telling you. I mean, do you know, I, I, it's hard for me really to just rebuke someone publicly. That's hard for me to do. Every once in a while I have to. I hate having to do that. Uh, I would rather, you know, if one of these guys did something really stupid, like maybe you stuck a pencil up somebody else's nose, I would probably, you haven't done that, have you? Okay, some of you are like, oh, no. I would say, guys, hey, y'all do me a favor. Nobody be sticking any pencils up anybody's nose. You know, just kind of a shotgun blast. Cover everybody at one time, even though the guy who did it would know, hey, I'm talking to you. I just don't want to embarrass you. I wish, I, I bet Peter wished it was that way. Like, Lord, couldn't you say, hey, how much do y'all love me? You know, he's not from the South, but, you know, that's how we would say it. Do you guys love me? How much do you guys love me? I think Peter would have understood it, but he zeroed in just on Peter. Look at verse 15. He saith to Simon Peter. What is he showing him? He's showing him that it's a personal interest that matters. I'm talking to you, Peter. Do you know why your interest ought to be personal in the will of God? I'm thankful we serve God as a church. I love this church, and I love our people, and I love what we get to do together. But you understand, Central Baptist Church, we're not standing together as a group. We'll stand individually. And he's going to look down and say, Jeremiah Andrews, look, there are times when I make a decision that might be tough and it might be unpopular, and I promise you, I'd rather make popular decisions all the time. Because I like being liked, 
But I know that day is coming where I will stand, Jeremiah Andrews, and give an account for the decisions on the direction of our church. It's going to be personal on that day. You see, the reason you should have a personal interest in the will of God is because you're going to have a personal accountability to the will of God. That's why you better take it personal. He says, Peter, watch. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Turn there with me right quick. I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I want you to look down to verse number 9. First Corinthians chapter 3, look down to verse 9 if you will. The Bible says, for we, I love that word because it means more than one. For we are labors together. That's kind of comforting, isn't it? All right, we, we're together on this. All right, so we're going to stand arm in arm together, right? Keep reading. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. It says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another man buildeth thereupon. Uh Uh-oh. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if, watch this, any man build upon his foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every, watch this, man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try what? Every man's work for what sort it is. Verse 14, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. I wish that our works and our accountability was going to be a group project. You ever have those in school? I went to public school. We had group projects every once in a while. I liked those because if it stunk, I could always blame my teammates. All right, yeah, I would have done a lot better, but I had these guys, these bozos on my team. That's why it looks like junk. If it had just been mine, it would have been great. No, usually I was probably the guy they called the bozo. Yeah, we have Andrews on our team. That's why it looks the way it does. It's abstract art, okay? I mean, that's worth a lot of money if you're Picasso. And those group, we had a group A or a group B, you know, we had a group C together, but we all hung together in that. It's not going to be a group effort in heaven. It's going to be every man and he and himself. And so Jesus is calling out Peter and says, Peter, your personal interest matters. I'm not talking to a group. I'm talking to you. And you need to decide tonight what your interest rate is. Why? When we stand before God, we're going to have a personal accountability to that. Therefore, we ought to have a personal interest. Something I've learned through the years in ministry, and I think probably the the pastors, preachers in this room could, could really bear witness to this. We do the things we're interested in. True? We will do the things we're interested in. A lot of times we'll be in a staff meeting and we'll be talking about when we're going to have services around Christmas and Thanksgiving. And, you know, we're going to move this on a Wednesday night and a Tuesday night and all this. And inevitably somebody always says this and they're right. The people are going to come are going to come. And the people that aren't going to come aren't going to come. And that's usually right. The things that we're interested in, we're going to do. The things that we're not interested in, we're not going to do. And folks, if you be honest tonight, you have that same problem that I have. There were two men. They were out fishing one day, and uh, they were in a boat. And one of the men looked over at the other one. He says, look, I, it was on a Sunday morning. All right? On a Sunday morning. I, I, I w- look, if I was the Lord, nobody would ever catch a fish on Sunday. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Wouldn't ever catch a fish or never kill a deer on Sunday. You wouldn't ever do that. But thank the Lord I'm not the Lord, Okay. 
they're sitting in a boat together. And the one man looks at the other guy and he says, look, I feel really bad we're not in Sunday school today. He said, I feel bad that we're going to be out here fishing and everybody's in church right now. I feel like we should be there. And the other guy looks over at him and he says, well, I couldn't be in church anyway today. He says, well, why not? He says, because my wife is sick. Think about it. We do what we want to do. We do what we're interested in doing. And the things that we end up actually committing to, hey, watch this, the interest rate on my house, because the interest rate's the way they are, it determines how much I buy, how much I spend, and my commitment to it. Your interest rate is the same thing. Your deliberate work for the will of God, your commitment to the will of God, how much you're willing to invest in the will of God is a direct result of your interest rate. And I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus wants us to have a personal interest in the will of God. Not just a group effort. Hey, what are we going to do, guys? Are we going to go soul winning this week? All right, you're going to go, you're going to go. All right, then I'm going to go. Oh, no, you ought to go. Why? It's the will of God for your life. You ought to be in church because that's the will of God for your life. You ought to be faithful because that's the will of God for your life. And you'll stand before God. And look, wouldn't it be nice if we say, Lord, you know, you get up there, can I phone a friend? Can I, could my wife come stand beside me? Oh, no. It's a judgment seat. Just me. Just the Lord. Going through what Peter's going through right now. Finding out if we have a personal interest in the will of God. I want you to think about Matthew 25. I thought about reading it, but I think you know it well enough. I don't have to read it tonight. Matthew 25. The parable of the talents. Now, I want you to keep, keep your mind going, all right? Don't go to sleep on me just yet. Keep your mind going. So one had five, one had two, and one had one, correct? So those men took those talents, and they brought them back with what? Interest. Interesting word. Interest. So he says, here, I'm giving you these talents. You go take them, make them more talents. What was he expecting when he came back? He was expecting there to be interest. So the one who had five came back with five more. The one who had two came back with two more. And the one who came back with none, but the one that he had, he got in a little bit of trouble. Why? No interest. No interest. Can I ask you something tonight? Just simple. Why did the one who had five bring back interest? He was interested. Why did the one come back with two, have two more? He was interested. But why did the one who had one come back and only have the one that he had? He wasn't that interested, and it didn't bode well for him. Can I tell you, it's not going to bode well for us. I mean, the guy who had one could have said, you know what, hey, would you let me borrow one of yours, and you'd have four, and you let me borrow one of yours, and, you know, you'd have two, and I'd have two. No, no, no. He gave an account for his personally. Personally. Folks, if we're not careful, we're going to get to the place to where we've excused ourselves out of any personal responsibility. And oh, but God's keeping a good record of our interest rate. You know, I look at that thing about once a week. I just can't do it. I'm like, there is no, I was at 2.75, and now it is almost 8. I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. I am not paying all that extra money. I am just not doing it. I keep an eye on it. Why? Because it's going to affect my behavior. I think it would do us all well. Let's keep an eye on our interest rate, our personal interest rate. Real quickly, number one tonight. Here's Jesus. Watch. He says, Simon, Simon, I'm talking to you, Peter. You ought to have a personal interest in the will of God for your life. Romans 14, 12. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Notice the personal pronouns in there. Shall give an account of himself It's personal. 
I should have a personal interest in the will of God because I'll have a personal accountability to God. Now, I want you to think about this. I have never been arrested, uh, been close a few times. I had a Secret Service agent at the White House. We are preaching out in front of the White House years ago on the 4th of July. And a Secret Service agent walked up to me and my dad uh, out there. We could tell he was a Secret Service agent because he had a little curly cue in his ear. He wanted to look like a tourist. He had ugly shorts on, I think Crocs, a Hawaiian shirt, you know, and a baseball cap. But he had this little curly cue in his ear. I'm like, yeah, that's not normal tourist get up there, you know. He comes out and he says, do you plan on getting arrested today? I'm like, you know, I've been asked some weird questions in my life. But I've never been asked that one. I have no intention on that. But I've, I've been close a few times. You know, when you get arrested, in order to, uh, to get thrown in jail, you have to have what is called a conviction. You got to be convicted. Do you know what you need in order to be convicted? Means, motive, and opportunity. Means, meaning you had the capability to commit the crime. Motive means you had to have the desire to commit the crime. And opportunity means you had to have the chance or the window of opportunity to commit that crime. I want you to think about this tonight. As a child of God, we have the means to do the will of God. We have the greatest motive to do the will of God, which is the Great Commission. The greatest motive in the world. And he's given us time, which is what? Opportunity. I promise you, we will not avoid conviction. When we stand before God, we will give an account for what we did not do because we had the means, we had the motive, and we had the opportunity. There's no getting out of it. We will be personal responsible. That's why, number one tonight, we ought to have a personal interest. You notice he asked three times. Look at verse 15, verse 16, verse 17. He asked three times. Can I tell you what I think he's doing right here? You know, sometimes we'll play tic-tac-toe with the kids or connect four up there in the youth room, you know, connect four. That's a fun game even for, for us old guys to play. And we're playing tic-tac-toe, and we'll be at camp doing tic-tac-toe. And some of the kids aren't quite as coordinated to know how it works. And they'll go to put the X on the wrong one, and you can tell they're going to get pranked at night if they do this wrong. They're going to wake up with a pencil in their nose, which one of, who one of these guys is that did it. They're going to wake up with toothpaste all over their head, and you're like, are you sure you want to put it there? Are you sure you don't want to put it over there? Are sure you don't want to move it up one? What are we trying to do? We're trying to help them understand. This is serious. You don't want to go there. I think that's why he's asking three times. Peter, do you love me? What are your interests? Peter, do you love me? Are you as interested as you should be? Peter, do you love me? Are you as interested in the eternal and the things I'm interested in? I think tonight, number one, we need to reevaluate our interest rate and ask ourselves, number one, do we have a personal interest in the will of God? Number two, look down real quick, all right? I feel like you got that point. I feel like we can move on. You're doing good. Amen. <clears throat> I want you to look down. <clears throat> First, we see a personal interest, but then look down. He tells Peter in verse number 18, basically, you're going to be a martyr, Peter. You're going to die for the cause of Christ. Verse 19 tells us that. Watch verse 20. Then Peter turning about. There's his mistake right there. God tells him what he's going to do, and he starts looking around and Watch the question that he asked in verse 21 about John. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? What about him? Isn't that the, the most human reaction? When we get challenged about our interest rate, well, what about that guy over there? I haven't seen that guy since Easter. I probably won't see him again until Christmas. He's not as interested. Can I tell you, number two tonight, I want you to notice a problematic interest. This is a problematic interest. 
Peter's making a very common mistake on thinking that what he does is based on what somebody else is going to do. This is where we make a, a terrible, terrible mistake as, as the children of God. If you recall, Peter began to sink when he was walking on the water. Do you know why? He started focusing his interest on what was going on around him rather than where he was going. I want you to let that sink in tonight just for a moment. Peter was doing well when his interest was on Christ. The Bible says he got out of the water, uh, out of the boat to walk on the water to go to Jesus. That was his interest. I'm locked in. I'm focused on Christ. And he was doing so good. And then all of a sudden, his interest got distracted. Uh-oh, wind. Uh-oh, waves. Uh-oh, storm. Uh-oh, gravity. <laughs> and he began to sink. It's the same problem we see what Peter's doing right here. Isn't it amazing when you look down to verse number 20? The Bible says, then Peter turning about. Oh, folks, can I tell you, that's when we make our mistake. When we start turning about. The Lord says, keep your eyes on me, keep your focus on me. Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's your interest right there. Keep your focus and interest on Christ. Then all of a sudden we start looking around and say, wait a minute. I volunteered for this and I volunteered for that and I've given of this and I've given of that and I've given more time this year. And this guy over here, he just shows up for the fun. Be careful turning about. Be careful looking around. Why? Because we're seeing that's problematic. Jesus will rebuke him in just a moment. Every, every year over 3,000 people die over distracted driving in America. Over 3,000 people every year die from distracted driving. I mean, come on. We'll be honest tonight. Uh, all of us have probably been there. If you, if you are a perfect driver, God bless you, I am not. Uh, there are times my phone will ring and I will try to take a look real quick and see who it is. There's times that I'll check a text message. There's times that... Uh, you know, I may change a song on my phone, something like that, and very dangerous. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? Don't do that. I'm growing in the Lord too. Okay? It shows you don't have a perfect pastor. People can die from distracted driving. When your interest gets off the road, when your interest gets on other things, that's 3,000 people every year in America. I wonder how many Christians become Christian ca casualties. Because their interest gets distracted. People get out of church. People get out of a good church. People quit doing the will of God. They quit serving. Why? You start turning about. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, we keep our eyes on Christ as Paul did. You ever wonder why Paul never seemed to waver or whimper? Focus. His interest. Oh, Paul had a great interest rate. His interest rate was through the roof. Kept his eyes on Christ, never wavered. Hey, but what about, but Paul, Paul could have went, huh, look at Demas over there. That low life. He looks like he's having a ball. They didn't have social media back then, but I'm sure, I'm sure old Demas, man, on social media, he's probably posting pictures of it. Man, I am so glad I got shed of religion and church. Look what I get to do now. Paul says, wait a minute. Well, if he's having fun, I'm going to have fun too. No, Paul kept his interest rate where it needed to be. Focused on Christ. The problematic interest was where Peter started looking around and wondering what other people were going to do. But the truth of the matter is tonight, what other people are doing shouldn't affect what you're doing. If what other people are doing is affecting what you're doing, your interest is wrong. Your focus is off. It should have been on Christ all along. There's a missionary, Brother Aaron and I were talking about it. I think you got to talk to see Brother Hicks this week. 
uh, Brother Dalen Hicks. I'd love to have him come by here sometime. Uh, I don't know if you've ever met Brother Dalen Hicks, uh, old school guy, Brother Ben, when you were playing Wayfaring Stranger, that's his song. He plays it on the guitar, does a spectacular job. I love that song. Brother Dalen Hicks, missionary to Haiti, right? Haiti. I may have told you the story before, a great, great story. Uh, Lord called me to go to Haiti. He didn't have a boat. And so he said, I'm going to build my own boat. And so down the South Louisiana swamps area down there, he built his own boat out of concrete. Just built a boat out of concrete. You're like, man, you, you got to know people talk about that guy. I mean, look, you probably would have talked about that guy. This is that weird guy. What is he doing? He's like, no, he's building this boat in his backyard. It's out of concrete. I mean, if you're going to be known as the wacko guy that's building the boat in your backyard, at least make it out of something that floats. Because now you're double wacko. You're building this boat in your backyard out of concrete. It's, whew, I mean, this guy doesn't know what He didn't let any of that face him. Never faced him. He built his boat, took it all the way to Haiti. Served God as a missionary there for I don't know how many years, faithfully. Kidnapped, held at gunpoint, all these things happened to him. How did he just keep going? His interest rate. He said, I'm more interested in getting down to Haiti than I am what you have to say about me. I'm more interested in getting about the will of God down there, reaching those people for Christ and how weird you think I am. And he just kept his focus right. And he didn't develop a problematic interest of one where he starts looking around and saying, Lord, they think I'm nuts. Yeah, they probably thought Noah was nuts too. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm going to hurry and be done tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Got a couple of uh, quick meetings after the service, so I'm going to try to get you out on time. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, Look down to verse 11. I want to give you some good help tonight. Not my opinion, just straight from the Bible, okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, look down to verse 11. The Bible says that you study to be quiet. Every parent right now is writing this down as their child's life verse. (laughs) My wife's like, what are you talking about? I'm writing that down for my husband. This is your new life's verse. All the people of Central are saying this should be our pastor's new verse. Hey, why don't you study to be quiet? That's scriptural. To do your own business, to work with your hands, your own hands, as we commanded you. Notice he says, hey, why don't don't you study? That means, hey, you're going to have to put a little effort into it to be quiet. You don't always have have something to say. You don't always have to chime in. Watch, to do your own business. There's that personal pronoun, your, again. It's personal. Your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Folks, I I understand tonight it's easy to start looking around. But what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you not doing? Uh Uh-oh. What are they doing? No, the Bible says just study to do your own work. Do your own business. What is he saying? Keep your interest where it needs to be kept tonight. Don't develop a problematic interest. Proverbs 24, 21, I'll give you this for the last point. The Bible says, meddle not with them that are given to change. Meddle not. Be careful when you start judging what you do based on what other people are doing because sometimes folks are in, sometimes folks are out, sometimes folks are committed, they're not committed. Don't base what you do on them. Meddle not with them that are given to change. You better keep your focus on something that's unmovable. That's the way we fulfill the will of God. So number two, we see a problematic interest there. He says, hey, what is this guy going to do? Don't worry about it. That's a, that's a problematic interest. Finally, I want to show you, verse 22, a proper interest. A proper interest. 
The Bible says, Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. Jesus says, here, I want to give you your interest rate. Follow thou me. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your interest on me. What they're doing and what they're doing and what they're saying, can I tell you something tonight? I deal with this just as much as you do. To where you start worrying about what they're saying and what they're doing and what they're not doing and what you hear. Can I tell you tonight, if our interest is where it needs to be, what is that to me? What is that to me? What they're doing. He said, well, I want to look. I am not a fighter, okay. I know you may look at me and think, man, you'd be a good fighter. Well, I'm not, okay. I'm not. Brother Richard's laughing because he, he doesn't see it either. Brother Richard's one of the few honest people we have in here tonight. You all wanted to, but you, uh, you, you hit it back. When I was a kid, I was in public school, and uh, I told you before, I grew up in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Sesame Street was my street. We're all going to be friends. We're all just going to be buddies and have a club. With a secret handshake. Enter public school. Guys like that don't live long. End up in a broom closet somewhere. You get begged to be let out of a locker somewhere. Remember this guy by the name of Randy. Some of you I went to school with are in here. You may remember Randy. I won't call his last name because he's in prison. Uh, he really is. I ran into his sister at the Shell Station a while back. How's Randy? Well, he's, he's doing time. I was like, well, I figured. <laughs> I didn't tell her that. But I did. I did figure. And I remember Randy introduced me into the harsh realities of a sin-fallen world. All I remember is getting up off the bottom of the school bus. Mr. MC, my bus driver, dusted me off before I got home. And I got a paddling for fighting. And I was on the receiving end of it. I'm like, you got to go beat him down with my stripes. Our, our bus driver, Mr. MC there at Bassville, if I went to school, our bus driver had a privet limb. And I got, I got spanked for getting beat up. That just shows you, man, we're at the end time. What's right is wrong and wrong is right. I remember talking to my dad. I said, Dad, I don't even remember why he hit me. I remember him talking about my ears. That's why I'm sensitive about him. Talking about my ears and pulling on my ears. Next thing I know, I'm on the bottom of the bus. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting switched by Mr. MC. I said, Dad, it's just a crazy world we're living in. My dad said, son, I don't want you to go fighting kids. You know, go. That was my brother. My brother didn't mind mixing it up, but I, I didn't have that in me. My dad told me, he said, son, he said, there'll come a time where all of a sudden you might have to just put up your dukes. And so there was a day where me and Randy had to settle things. Thank the Lord I had a growth spurt the summer before. He didn't. <laughs> Helped me out. I'm like, thank the Lord. He thought, I was, you know, because I was bigger, I was meaner. I'm a, look, I, I want to defend myself every once in a while too. If you're not careful, you'll spend all of your time. What about, what, what, what about? The Lord says, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Follow thou me. You know what that is? That's a proper interest. Keep your interest on me. But Lord, you don't understand. I'm like, I want to go mix it up with them. No, no. 
follow thou me. Keep your interest on me. Why? Because God says there's coming a day where we're going to stand before him. And we're going to have a moment just like this. Where the Lord himself is going to reevaluate our interest rate. But when we get there, it's too late. But wait a minute, wait a minute. If you just give me 10 minutes, I'll go back and give you all. It's too late. It's all going to be tried by fire. It is over then. That's why tonight, you know what we ought to do? We, we ought to reexamine and reevaluate our interest rate. Number one tonight, do you have a personal interest? Is it personal in the will of God? I'm not talking about things you're personally interested in. There's a big difference. I'm talking about, are you, do you have a personal interest in the will of God here at Central Baptist Church? It's time to get about the Lord's business. Why? If you're not careful, you're going to have a problematic interest where all you're focused on is what everybody else is doing. That's no excuse for you and I. We need to have a proper interest tonight. Follow thou me. Let him sort out what John's going to do. Let him sort out what the other apostle's going to do. You just do what he told you to do tonight. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Can I ask you to do something tonight? Can I ask you to reconsider your interest rate? Reconsider your interest rate. Do you have a personal interest in the will of God for your life? I'm not talking about only doing the things you're personally interested in. That's not what we're talking about. Are you personally interested in the things you have the means, the motive, and the opportunity to do? Well, the Lord's given us a lot of ministries here. Are you invested? Hey, the means are here. We're capable. The motive, well, we have the great command, the opportunity. Do you have time? That's a personal interest. Are you personally interested in the will of God? Number two tonight, do you have a problematic interest you need to repent of? Been more worried about what other people say and what you do is based on what other people are doing? No. Why don't you just do what he said and the proper interest, follow thou me. Father, thank you tonight that you warn us in Scripture. There will come a day that you have a sit down with us like you just did with Peter. And Father, even though it's uncomfortable to think about right now, now's the only time that we have to do something about it. Lord, if we really do love you, we're going to behave that way. We're going to feed your lambs. We're going to be about your will. Father, if we really are interested, it's going to be shown, Lord, in taking advantage of the opportunities and the time that you've given us. Father, help us to get our eyes back where it needs to be, focused on you with that proper interest tonight, for it's in Jesus' name. Our pianist is going to begin to play tonight. We have a few moments of invitation. Young people were about to go to youth conference, about to go to camp. The Bible says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. That means this is where your interest ought to be right now. Twenty or thirty years, these young people will be the ones leading this church. Why don't you pray for them tonight that they will have the level of interest that they need to have. Sacrifice at Calvary. I know my Lord expects the best from me. How many are the lost that I have lifted? I imagine every time that he asked Peter that question, it was painful but needful. 
Lovest thou me? Or how interested are you, Peter? How interested are you? Feed my lambs. Show me, Peter. Show me. It's no different with buying a house. What you're willing to commit to, how much you're willing to give, it's all dependent upon your interest. I wonder if his heart is breaking too. How many are the lost that I have lifted? How many are the chains I've helped to free? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus? Let's have one more verse before we close tonight. Has done so much for me. How many are the lost that I have lifted? How many are the chains I've helped to free? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus when He has done so much? For me. Amen. I'm thankful the Holy Spirit can show us exactly what we need to know and what we need to do. And I pray tonight that he has made it clear to you and we'll do a little bit of work on that interest rate. Amen. Now look, when you're buying a house, you want it low. When you're serving God, you want it high. All right? The higher that interest rate, the more we're going to do for him, the more committed we're going to be to him, and the more we're willing to, to be what he'd have us to be in this lost and dying world that we're living in right now. Uh, tonight, real quickly, don't forget, Sunday school teachers, can I meet you in the choir room? It's just going to be a very short meeting. And then, if you are a, uh, a chaperone for uh, Deep South Youth Conference, would you hang around right up here in the front? As soon as I'm done with the Sunday school teachers meeting, I want to talk to you right quick. Don't forget about the prayer lists that are back there in the back for our young people going to youth conference. Would you pray for them every day? Would you do that? Pray for them every day. You know, the, the night that I surrendered to preach, uh, I didn't plan on surrendering to preach that night. And I, I, Look, I don't want these guys to surrender to preach if God doesn't call them to preach. I definitely don't want them to surrender to preach, even though they probably would do good uh, in that. I just want them to do the will of God. Do you know my name was on a prayer list in June of 1995 that so many people that I never met were praying for me? Just pray, hey, I just pray for that Jeremiah Andrews kid. Don't know who he is. I'm going to pray for him that God will work in his life. And here we are today because I, I think a lot of people were praying that I didn't realize were praying. Pray for these young people this week. If you have one of the 35 letters that I ask uh, folks to write, uh, get that to uh, Miss Leslie, Miss Sarah, somebody that's responsible, okay? Uh, don't give it to somebody not responsible. So Sunday school teachers meeting, uh, choir room, uh, and then Deep South uh, chaperones meet right here on the front. I'll talk to you in just a moment. Brother Zach, dismiss this place. Because he lives, sing it. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives.